Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 102 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and today I am joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. What's going on over there, man? Not much. I um, This week's kind of been a blur, as usual. My video game drive has kind of been low. Would you say you kind of uh, hit the nitrous gas on the video game playing this week, though? I did, after a while. I, I think, was it Thursday I came over to play some games with you? <sighs> yeah, that's um, right. Because my dog, she's just too good, so I had to cage her and come over here and entertain you. You can only dog. take so much goodness, you know? Yeah. So, um, came over here, played some games with you. Um, you, I think, went to the bathroom or doing something, and I, I know you're on a call for work, and I downloaded Pod Racing, so I did some Pod Racing. Mm. So, the first game I played this week was actually on Thursday, which is a, a good long sabbatical. So, now supercharged i got the uh my pod racing fix in game holds up really well oh it's remarkable and then 20 plus years later i went back and watched fast and the furious hell yeah we got all kinds of fun things to talk about today we've got pod racing we've got fast and the furious we got unlimited platinums achieved by rusty (laughs) gosh i got so many added to the palette this week it's insane but yeah, this week is actually going to be a pretty chill, relaxed episode. Ryan and I don't have a whole lot going on. We don't got a guest on this week, and it's been a little bit of a dry week in terms of video game news outside of the Microsoft uh, Games with Gold debacle. But we're not going to get into that because that's a tired topic, and I'm I don't really want to talk about it to be honest with you. But yeah, I mean, I, I really want PSN to just double their prices randomly on a Friday <laughs> and then be like, oh shit, that sounds like a horrible marketing Probably ploy. not the best way to go about things yeah. uh, in the midst of the pandemic when people don't have a lot of money to uh, expend. But we're not going to get into that. What we are going to get Thanks into lot, Bill Gates. is our uh, usual sop- topics of uh, discussion around here. We've got the games that we've been playing recently. And thankfully, Ryan is back. Uh, he's on fire this week. We've got all kinds of games that Ryan's been playing. I've got a, lot, a number of Platinums I have to talk about. And uh, in the back half of the show, if you'll recall, I don't know, probably around episode 50-ish through 70, Ryan and I got this deck of cards called Hypotheticals by Chuck Klosterman, courtesy of a good friends of the show, Zach and Alec, or Chronolink91 of the Tarkaron podcast, or the Tarkaron show. I still don't know what they want me to label that at this point. But they ended up talking through these cards where there were these, these insane conversation starters with either good friends of, or family or whoever. Well, Ryan and I ended up doing that, and it ended up leading to, I, I think, some of the more uh, memorable, funnier moments in the show. Yeah, no, they're really good <laughs> questions. I mean, it, it makes you wonder who you are as a person on how you answer. Like, do you tell your significant other or your sister that your friends or their wasn't it like their friends a murder or Something their like significant that. others a murder? Like pushing kids off bridges and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's a lot of fun. Chilling with Shaq in the shower. If you listen to the uh, episode 100 highlight reel, you know? Yeah, that was one of them. Yeah, there's all kinds of crazy stuff. Well, anyways, Chuck Klosterman is back and he has 50 more of these conversation starters that Ryan and I are going to dig into at the back half of the show. <clears throat> Excuse me, I need to clear my voice or something. But we're going to kick it off with five. And, uh, yeah, 
it's just going to be a chill, laid-back episode, not a whole lot going on. But as we always do, Ryan, before we get into any of our usual segments, how you doing, man? I'm good. You know, I'm just... I don't know. I've been in an off mood maybe like the last three weeks. Maybe it's just January blues or January grays looking at the sky. But yeah, I think my biggest achievement this week is getting back into video games. That's a good thing, man. And I mean, I think I mentioned it last week. It's me with platinum trophies. I like invest everything. And if like if I have a goal, I'm like... 100% or 120% of my time is mentally invested in going after it. So It's kind of like Newton's law of motion, right? Once you're in motion, you're not fucking stopping. Yeah. Something like that. Law of inertia. Or unless you are the men in motion or whatever it is from That's So Raven. Boys in motion. We are the The boys boys in motion. motion. There is some commotion. Gosh. I want to rub you with my lotion. I don't know if that was part of the lyrics, but... That was the the cut content for After Hours That's So Raven. (laughs) She saw it in her vision. Yeah, that would come on at Nick at Night, yeah. Yeah, so getting back into games, a lot of fun. Um, I didn't expect what gets me back to be a giant JRPG, but I don't know. Whatever it takes, Ryan. Yeah, the gaming gods, they told me what I had to do, Mm -hmm. and I listened. Mm -hmm. So... What about you? How's your week? Pretty chill. Yeah, no, work is getting a little bit more crazy, which is always fun because make sure that I'm on my toes, getting yeah. pushing through my stuff. And uh, I'm trying to think, too. I feel like this week was kind of a blur. I don't really think there was much of note that went on this week for Lauren and I, other than, you know, we we got a contractor out here to finally quote us on tree removal because mm-hmm. we have these six gargantuan trees that... Uh, I obviously have a fear of a storm happening in the spring and them collapsing on our house and all that craziness. I mean, it, it would be horrible if it crashed through your house and destroyed your PS5 or your game room. That would be rough. That would be a tough wake-up call, you know, coming in here and seeing this huge tree just crushed, you then know, we'd the, have the purple to room. everything. <laughs> the purple room and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, no, so we got a quote for that, and it's, my goodness, we're definitely counting our pennies and every every dollar that's going out the door because... That is going to be a hefty chunk of change coming yeah. out of our bank account, for sure. But outside of that, you know, play a lot of great video games. Uh, like I said, work is going well, so I don't have much to complain about. I do have a lot to talk about, though. Yeah. So, yeah. so do you yeah. want to talk about Fast and the Furious? Dude, let's get right into it. I'm so excited. You know, I started a podcast, if you're not aware, the listeners here, uh, with a good friend of the show. His name is Josh, or Frantic Society on Twitter. And he's been pitching this idea for a number of years, I think. And eventually I'm like, dude, we just got to do this, right? We just got to hop behind some mics and talk about Fast and the Furious. It's a movie podcast centered around different movie franchises. Each season is dedicated to a different film or TV show. So uh, our film franchise or TV show. And the first season we kicked it off with the Fast and the Furious movies because Josh and I are such tremendous fans of those movies. And I've been trying to get all of my inner circle to watch these movies, particularly my in-laws, you know, the side of the family that, you know, I didn't grow up watching these movies with. Yeah. And, you know, Lauren and I watched the first movie. She thought it was pretty okay. And then for whatever reason, we never continued watching them. It was a real shame. I cried a lot and I've since gotten over it because my other better half. Yes. Started watching the movies and you finally watched The Fast and the Furious Came out in 2001. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you gave it to me, what, like a month ago? It was, uh, it was just, about four and a half years ago. But yeah, yeah, it was in a uh, a Halloween case. Um, and I don't know. I just, I've always kind of thought of those movies as not plotless, but 
it, it's a typical like slasher and slasher what no, the no, fuck? no so like it, it's like those John jason statham kind of movies where it's like it's not really plot heavy or you don't really invest a lot into like a jason statham movie mm. where it's like hey let's go shoot a bunch of people and your cars go fast and stuff i don't know dude i was pretty engrossed in transporter 2 Actually, my dad was watching Transporter 1 yesterday <laughs> when I dropped off the duck. And um, so I was just like, I don't know. I, I needed to be in a certain mood. And then I saw your face after playing Man of Madon. And I was just like, yeah, let's let's do this. We can talk about this. Mm. And I really enjoyed it. I was pleasantly surprised by the amount of character development. Um, there are a lot of twists and turns within the first one. Um, spoilers, I guess, for a 20-year-old movie, but mm-hmm. like, I didn't see, what's his name, Paul, what's his face? Uh, you Could we talk, I mean, Paul Walker? You're Paul talking Walker. about Brian I, I was going to say Paul Ryan, but that's not right. No. Uh, Paul Walker, um, I didn't see his character becoming the police. Mm. Um, I didn't see one of the characters dying at the end. Poor I didn't Jesse. see that one coming. Rip. Um, and then I... I've always, I think at the start of, I don't know what studio it is, but they do like a snip of all these main, like some of the Titanic scenes, some of the Harry Potter scenes, but like that final race where Paul Walker looks at Vin Diesel, that's always been a snippet that I've seen before movies at movie theaters. And I was like, what the, like I knew it's Fast and the Furious, but like seeing it in context was pretty cool. Yeah, man. Quarter mile at a time. You got the 10 second race. You got the train track. You got the flipping car. You got Brian walking off into the sunset as Vin Diesel drives away. It's an iconic moment in cinema. Yeah. And yeah, I'm invested in the characters. Um, it'll be interesting. I'm curious how the hell Rock comes in. And I, I know there's a lot of, I don't know if I call it drama, but like I've heard there's drama of Vin Diesel versus The Rock, like how many fights they can win, like contractually, like they can only lose or be knocked down. Like it's pretty intense. Yeah. Well, but now you got to ex- keep that image up. Well, they do, and they definitely go to some crazy places with those films, and it's really important to listen to the Box Office Bliss podcast because I give you on the I give you the inside scoop with the trivia yeah. why Vin Diesel didn't make, reprise his role in the second film. Uh, there's a lot of interesting trivia, I would say, for each of the movies, but between like the first three, it's pretty interesting, and you know you hear all of this conversation between Josh and I on the podcast. But I feel like they really find their footing again with Fast and Furious, which is the fourth movie. Okay. And then from there on out, they kind of just embrace the craziness uh, that the fans love yeah. of those movies. The first three, it's kind of tough to get through. Do they take themselves too seriously in the first three? A little bit. Okay. Yeah, I think they like they really want this to be this dramatic, you know, racing series. Mm. But then after three, in Three to me was kind of a train wreck when I first saw it. I had a lot more fun with it, you know, watching it again when Josh and I ended up reviewing the movie, uh, Tokyo Drift, of course, just because of the main character, the main protagonist in the film, Lucas Black. His name's Sean in the movie, but he was played by Lucas Black, and it just doesn't work. It just does not, it's like a fish out of water. He just doesn't seem like he fits in the movie at all. Mm. However, one of the best characters in all of the Fast and the Furious movies debuts in that film, and that's Han. Han. Oh yeah, dude. Don't even worry about it. Don't so worry who's about your it. so who's your favorite character? I mean, I've knowing I've only seen one of them mm. and only know that cast. Who's your favorite person so far? It, just in the first movie? Sure. Yeah. And then the series. Uh, I mean, I probably don't know the characters in the full series, but mm. 
I mean, it's it's probably a pretty lame answer, but Brian's probably my favorite. Brian's which one? Paul Walker. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I Paul Walker rest his beautiful soul and his blue eyes. It's just it kills me that he's gone because I'm not gonna say that the movies don't work after him leaving or after him passing away, but there's just a really he's he's notably absent and i just don't think the movies are the same without him yeah i mean now knowing the character and i I mean i haven't seen the other ones but it it makes sense why it was such a big loss when he passed away yeah um but yeah i'd probably say paul is my favorite character so far um but i don't know i don't know if it was hard it was a hard sell on vin diesel's character he came off not as ab- abrasive, but I didn't know why he was the way he was when I first. He's just really intense, mm-hmm. um, in somewhat to a cheesy manner, um, which it probably ties into them taking themselves super seriously, like um, in the first three. But yeah, we'll see. I'll definitely have to listen to the podcast. The well, first you, episode. You definitely have to listen to it because I also explained that there were other characters or other actors who were supposed to play Vin Diesel's role as Dominic Toretto. Mm. Yeah, once I get past the uh, the 40-hour Blitzball tutorial and get into a grinding spot in Final Fantasy, I will listen to that today. Good stuff. Yeah, no, I think you'll, uh, you'll enjoy the podcast. Josh and I have a really good uh, time recording it. And we just recorded, actually... What I think will probably be the episode to, to beat, and certainly the Fast and the Furious movie to beat, and that's Fast Five. Okay. And ha- there are, what, seven? No, there is Eight? like nine. Fast Nine is the one that's coming out next. Okay, so and that's the final one. No. We got Fast Ten coming, and that's a two-parter. We're doing some Breaking Dawn action going on. We're breaking that into two movies. You're kidding me. <laughs> Dude, I wish I was, but no, it's, you just got to do Fast and the Furious I series I thought the right, space you know? one was the last one, the one that they're coming out with. Like, No, they're traveling. They're actually going to hyperdrive into a different galaxy in 10. <laughs> it's the Kessel Run is the final race. Yeah, so. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. But you also got Hobbs and Shaw. I did see that one. Yeah. I did like that one. So you, there's a whole bunch of Fast and the Furious. So Jason Statham's actually in, which one does, when does he come in? Don't worry about it. Okay. You just got to watch the movies. All right. I'll, I'll do that. But you did tease something there, Ryan. You said something about a little uh, blitz ball going on. So you want to get into the games that we've been playing recently? Yes. So um, Thursday, we played Man of a Dawn and finished that up yesterday on Saturday. And then I was playing some pod racing. Um, and I, I was surprised on how much fun pod racing was. Oh, yeah. And I'm still stuck on the same level that I was as a kid. Um, it, it's the circuit three, uh, race number three, I think it's some jungle level with turns that are like hairpin going 900 miles per hour. And it's, I, I tried it once or twice and I think I got 12th out of 12. Well, so doing good. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, up until that race, I'm first place in everything. Mm. And to get all, I want to platinum this game because I couldn't as a child, who was inferior at games. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I want to platinum it. It's not that hard. You just have to complete all the races on or through the tournaments, get first place, and then buy all the shit. So, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. There is some level of jank in some of the levels. Um, some of the hairpin turns, like I mentioned, are just nuts. 
And then the asteroid belt. That level was insane. Yeah, so there's... I think basically they have maybe what, like five stages or six stages, and then they kind of vary the difficulty for each one of those planets. Which is pretty impressive, because when you do the first tournament tournament circuit, there's like five, I think there's like five or six, maybe even seven different races, but how they take those five to six different environments and really kind of flip them on its head, and it's not that they just mirror the the race. You can do that too, but I think there's actually a lot of great ways to kind of mix things up. Yeah, I think so too. I really enjoyed it, and then going back to a a map you're like oh i recognize this map um i kind of understand what's going to be in it and then they add some more complexity so you're already familiar and it's it's a good progression system yeah especially for a game that literally came out 22 years ago it'll be 22 years ago this year yeah i i remember playing we played this in the barcade right they had an n64 Oh, yeah, they did. But there's also the best way to experience this game. Back in the day, Gameworks, Dave & Buster's, whatever your local arcade was, rest in peace arcades, for the most part anyways, there was actually a replica Anakin's pod mm-hmm. that you were able to sit in and use like the actual like controls that he would use in the film. That would be awesome. And it was an arcade cabinet. It was a legitimate thing that you could get in and you would just hear the crazy surround sound volume of the game and... Uh, get to just yeah play the game in an arcade in Anakin's pod race. So what happens when you blow up in the game? <laughs> well, you know they don't. <laughs> they let you on fire and bring the next kid in. <laughs> it's really lifelike. Yeah, it was a definitely an unforgettable experience. Yeah, I do miss those. That's one thing I miss being a kid is like the Magic Mountains, the Dave and Buster's. Oh my gosh! Having dude. to ask your parents for twenty bucks to buy more tokens. <laughs> those are the best kind of times. Yeah, but There's- you can't go back to those now because. I mean, being late twenties or mid twenties, around a bunch of kids, you can't be crawling. You look through a little out nets. of place, you know. I might yeah, just a dude with a beard, like crawling through the nets and the tubes. I might be able to fit in there somewhere, but you know. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm about halfway through trophies wise, and then I want to say I have like seven more matches in the tournaments. Nice, dude. So, good time. And then I started. I don't know how I picked this as my giant RPG to get back into video games. I think I was talking to Rick, and we were going through strategies for Octopath. Mm. And he's like, hey, yeah, you should play Final Fantasy X, which is his favorite game in the series. Um, And I was like, okay. Yeah, I I mean, I previously was going to do it. We were going to play it together, I think, or side by side. But my credit card got stolen. Uh, or got a RuneScape charge randomly charged onto it, so I had to cancel that. That doesn't seem like like a fraudulent charge to your card. That seems pretty accurate. Uh, well, I wasn't. I hadn't played RuneScape in like nine months, and they're like, "Oh, hey, from England, we're going to charge you thirty bucks." Mm. So I had to shut that shit down. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's an addiction I don't want to start again, along with Star Wars: Galaxy of Heroes. Which is strange because you occasionally keep sending me screenshots of characters in Star Wars Galaxy <laughs> of Heroes, it, yeah. even though you're telling me you're not playing. Well, I, I don't believe it's it. It's because Matt sent a picture of um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi. I don't know if it was like fan art or what, but he was in his general Kenobi outfit, which is the same from the favorite character, my favorite character mm-hmm. in Star Wars Galaxy Heroes. So. You can come up with any story you want, man. I'm not buying. Yeah, it. and then I bought like a thousand dollars worth of tokens and <laughs> yeah. bought some armor. But yeah, so I started Final Fantasy X. Um, my childhood crush was Yuna from 
uh, that game. Mm, mm-hmm. So I am living out my hormone enraged childhood fantasy. Good for you, man. Assisting her in her journey, and it, it's I mean a JRPG, and it's insane. I mean. It's like Kingdom Hearts level of insane. There's like a giant whale thing that comes to you when you're in a Blitzball tournament named Sin of all things. Nice. And then you get like sucked into a sphincter in the sky and then you're like transported a thousand years into the future where everything's destroyed and you kind of have to find your way and figure out what the hell's going on. I think that was actually the draft plot for God of War in 2018. <laughs> the, the giant sphincter in the sky. But then Corey Balrog <laughs> came in and was like, no, we need to yeah, add maybe this we should bit. do Norse gods yeah. instead. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so I guess so far, I mean, Titus is... I always I always thought it was Titus. So did I. Um, and I don't know if I've heard it mentioned as Titus in the game. And I don't think they ever... I, I, I'm speaking out of ignorance just because I haven't played Final Fantasy X enough, but... I feel like that was something that down the line the voice actor or someone else confirmed that it's it's pronounced Titus, not Titus. I like Titus better though. I like Titus way better because um, it reminds me of like Midas. You'd think it'd be pronounced the same. I think mm-hmm. it's spelled the same minus the first letter. But yeah, um, yeah. So Titus is cool. Uh, I, he has cool earrings. The Final Fantasy clothing just looks ridiculous. He's got some like netting on one leg and one pant legs longer than the other, and then he's got like a vest, and it, it's just it's JRPG clothing. It looks nuts. Yeah. Um, as far as the character design, I like it. I mean, I've always wanted to be a blonde surfer, dude. No, don't uh, we all, Ryan? We've all yeah. had that fantasy before. And then once you're sucked into um, the future, you meet I think it was Riku in like some battle armor. And then who I've met so far, I've met Lulu, which is like this emo mage girl with a teddy bear. Nice. As as they do. And then Yuna, who's a summoner, which what that means, I'm not 100% sure. I just know I have, she has to go on like some migra- migratory journey to pray at all the shrines. I think there's like 12 of them. What that does, fuck if I know. Oh my god. Um, and she, I know she like raised some souls from the dead because they would turn into fiends who like consume humans. Gosh, this story is just really gripping me right now. <laughs> right? I, I'm like, I'm confused. And uh, who else did I meet? So Yuna, who's my childhood crush. Lulu, the emo girl. There's some dude named Waka who has like normal orange hair like a buzz cut kind of and then he's got just like this peacock feather of like front hair well, that like jettisons from his head waka was on destiny island dude oh yeah shit remember he's just chilling there yeah his hair's nuts and then i there's like this giant tiger unicorn thing mm. who's blue who's another guardian who protects yuna on her summony journey so what do you think of the combat um, as far as the combat, I mean, it's turn-based. Okay. Um, I'm enjoying it. I was trying to grind out some orbs. Um, I was getting all the orbs except for the ability orbs because I want to just increase. I don't know. I was feeling some grind last night. So I was trying to grind out some orbs. Wasn't get any ability orbs until I learned that there's some like move called extract and I could just suck ability orbs out of the people I kill. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. The the skill tree stresses me out because you so you're basically 
like going around, put orbs and slowly upgrading similar to Final Fantasy 13, like you showed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are unspecified circles that you have to unlock with like lock or luck orbs. And then you have to like improve those. And I don't want to have to backtrack, but I also want to upgrade my characters. Mm -hmm. Because I think one of the trophies is to upgrade the entire tree. Yeah, that'll take you like 250 hours probably. Yeah, probably. And then there's another trophy to unlock everyone's tree 100%. But I just want to get fucking strong, man. So yeah, and get like the ultimate blades. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's fun. That was always an ambition I had with Final Fantasy thirteen when I was playing it on the Xbox three sixty. I always told myself and really kind of promised to myself that I was going to go back and grind everything out. But I think my timestamp finishing thirteen was on three sixty. Anyways, was I don't know sixty five seventy five hours somewhere in there. <laughs> And I remember people telling me that it's going to take you at least 130, 150 hours to get that. Mm. And at this point in my life, like I was all in on getting achievements for 360. And I I didn't really care a lick about trophies because the PS3 just didn't really do it for me in terms of software at the time. And there was just no way that I could do that. Like basically double my amount of time in the game just running around and grinding like don't get me wrong i love the paradigm system as much as anyone else that loves final fantasy 13 but there was no way that i could pump another 75 hours just grinding yeah however you know if we ever get like a little hd remaster for playstation i mean that just brings a whole nother thing into question the trophy system you know what i'm saying yeah is it worth another 75 hours plus i think so yeah, and I also, I mean, there's a couple options at the beginning, and I don't know if I chose the right ones. Um, it was whether you wanted a standard or advanced um, upgrade tree for orbs. Mm. I did advance. Um, I think it gave you more orb slots. Not 100% sure. And then as far as the soundtrack goes, I picked the original soundtrack opposed to like the remaster rescored. And I don't know if that's the correct one, so uh, blink if I'm wrong. I know you wanted to hear our impression or my impressions, but tell me if I should switch mm-hmm. at least the sound. I think I can switch. So, yeah, I want the best experience possible. But so far, having a lot of fun. I got to the Blitzball tutorial, and fuck if it's not long. Yeah, it's like fifteen different like how to shoot, what all these numbers mean, how to move around, how to switch manual, like how to defend. And, like, the 15 tutorials take, like, five minutes each to kind of run through. Yeah. And I was just... I wanted some grind last night, so I, I just switched to my default, which is Dark Souls 3. What a surprise. Yeah, I know. I'm just changing it up, throwing everyone for a loop. One th- one thing I don't know about Blitzball, because I haven't... Again, I haven't played Final Fantasy X enough, is I don't know if it's, like, the card system Gwent in Witcher 3, where once you do the tutorial, you can play the game as much or as little as you want, and it's you know, the least intrusive thing if you don't want it to be a part of your experience playing the game. I hope for your sake and, and for my sake when I ended up playing Final Fantasy X, uh, that it's like the Gwent system where it's there if you want to play it when you go to the different cities, but if yeah. you don't want to, then don't bother. Well, I think this first one you have to play at least two matches. Mm-hmm. So I think there was one to get into the finals and then a finals. Okay. And I think that's just mainly for plot progression. But I'm not sure. Like, the the issue with the tutorial for me is they show you all these, like, how to pass to someone, how to shoot, 
but they don't tell you how in like the game itself how it works so like i don't know if it's going to go hey these people are defending and then it allows me to look at the numbers and or if it's all really quick like they just try to steal it i i don't I just don't have a point of reference in the actual game itself to kind of tie those tutorials to, which is what's kind of deterring me from learning. Okay. So, but yeah, I know I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I like the characters. I, I'm curious to see where the story goes. Um, yeah. Nice. So that's Final Fantasy X. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm glad you got the itch to play video games again. You got that little spark under your butt to play some good games. Yeah. That's well, the good stuff. And speaking of games, I guess our final one we played together. Yeah, the Dark Pictures, Man of Madon. Yes. You kind of briefly talked about it in the beginning. We talked about it last week, kind of set the scene for the story. And you know, I had a heck of a good time with this one. I'm not yeah. sure if it's lived up to my enjoyment of Until Dawn. I'd say it probably comes in at about the same I would say the once you have the plot twist and you actually understand what's going on as it relates to this kind of quote unquote ghost ship, it's a little underwhelming, you know, yeah. like the the reveal is kind of like, oh, OK, that definitely makes this a lot less scary than I thought it was going to be. I'm not going to give spoilers. However, what I will say is that two of our friends ended up dying. One of them, I think we really could have saved. Now, if the plot reveal happened far earlier in the game, then or the plot twist, I think we could have saved everyone pretty easily. Yeah. Because once you understand, then it makes the moments a lot less scary. It makes the QTEs a lot less anxiety-inducing. And, you know, Fliss or Felicite or whatever her name was, she ended up dying, <laughs> and as did uh, our buddy Conrad. But And I, I was cool with Conrad dying. I know you were a little sad that he died, but... I wasn't. He was kind of an asshole. Well, even his sister said, you know, he was a douche. <laughs> yeah. And after, after he died. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, he was kind of a douche. Yeah. But, like, he was the one who kind of did some, like, I, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll keep my cool in, like, dealing with, like, some oh, pi the pirate dudes. The pirate guys. He's like, yeah, I'll keep my cool. Don't worry, Fliss or Flight, Felicite. And then he's just, like, making it rain on these pirates who, like, injure their boat, just antagonizing them. I was like... Yeah, maybe you are a douche, and maybe you almost killed off everyone. So Yeah. You know, it was a fun time, and I definitely enjoyed kind of the, based on the decisions you made, you you changed the character relationship with the different people you were playing with, which I thought yeah. was kind of unique. But um, yeah, no, fun band of characters, definitely going on a really interesting little journey. Like I said, once the plot reveal happens or the plot twist, it's, it's a little less exciting, but still more than worth playing. I, I really love this anthology of games that Supermassive Games has been creating, and I'm definitely looking forward to picking up uh, Little Hope, I think is what the next one's called, with that kid from the number of movies that he's been in, including The Revenant and the third Narnia movie and Maze Runner, all that good stuff. So we'll have to play that next. Yeah, I'm I think that'll be fun for sure. And uh, yeah, so we got that. We got the ending. Three people survived. Three. Yeah, I think three, three, three people, the survived. girl and the two brothers. Yeah. So anyways, that was really good times. Other than that, this week, I've kind of been playing a whole bunch of comfort food podcast games i ended up getting the platinum trophy in spider-man remastered yeah you did. which i'm glad i didn't just because i know there was a way to just get that trophy to pop without actually playing through it again if really you, if you just import your save from your playstation 4 then it'll automatically give you the platinum for the remastered version oh that's nice but i'm like i enjoyed that game far too much it's quite literally i think the best podcast game potentially ever 
Yeah, Blink, if you're trying to beat Rusty on Platinum Trophies, import your save. <laughs> well, I don't think you can because he played the remastered version. So I don't know if you can do it backwards. You can delete your save on remastered and then import your old one. You no, just... no, you're not listening to me, okay? Listen to me, Ryan. Uh, dude, you're so hard to listen to. <laughs> I just hear chattering over there. <laughs> no, so he played the remastered on PS5. He didn't play the PS4 version. Oh, so, I don't so think... he, doesn't have, he doesn't have a beat PS4 version. Exactly, exactly. Oh, okay. So I don't think he can like reverse engineer the save no, file the, to PS4. The, then the next strategy would be go beat it on PS4 and then import it so you beat it twice in one day. I don't think you can do that, but... Oh, well... I, I don't think you can import... So he didn't have the original? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't think he can... Never mind, my strategy has been destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to me. But no, it's, it was such a, a treat to play through that game again, even if some of the district crime stuff got a little tedious and old as it did on the first playthrough. But man, the writing in that game is so damn good. Yeah. The, the character building and the relationships between uh, certainly Miles and Spidey, or Miles and Peter, just that relationship forming just as two buds. And then at the tail end, I love the scene when Miles is moving into his new place with Peter, and he closes the door, and he's like, you know, Peter, I've got... I've got something to tell you. I've got, I need I need to talk to you about something. And Peter's like, yeah, what's up, man? <laughs> and he's like, uh, I've just been, my body's been going through some changes recently and I can't really talk to my mom about it. And then, Peter, <laughs> and then Peter's like, oh, um, yeah. So you, you might've realized that, you know, where stuff wasn't growing before, stuff's starting to grow now. <laughs> yeah. And then Miles looks at him and he's, stop. No, 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 no stop it. no. Let me just show you. And then he jumps on the ceiling. And then Peter just has this smile of like, holy crap. And then he jumps on the ceiling. And then that's the end. Yeah. You know, I, no, love, I love that. I love that scene with them. And it, it's just the perfect gateway and bridging the gap into Miles Morales. And certainly the relationship between my, uh, uh, Peter and MJ is just so special. I love them so much. And I cannot wait to see where they end up taking their relationship in Spider-Man 2. Hopefully Insomniac has that... Uh, Coming sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I mean, they've teased where they're going with the direction. And I think like a bromance version, because they had the bromance kind of towards the beginning of Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to have that blossom. Me too, man. And my goodness, it, hopefully, you know, MJ and Peter get married in Spider-Man 2 or something like that, you know? Yeah, and uh, Miles gets a new girlfriend. Did he, I don't think, did he have a girlfriend? Well, I don't want to tease anything of Miles Morales that was going on. So Okay. Did I already forget the plot of Miles Morales? <laughs> <laughs> it was a good game. I remember it all. <laughs> no, Miles Morales was good. And speaking of Miles, I ended up getting the Platinum Trophy in that. Last night, Pete had a five-hour eBay stream, so I was tuning into that and powered through the story again because in order to get the Platinum, you need to beat the game on New Game Plus. Which, you know, it kind of reminded me, playing through it again, that there are some really special moments in the game. Even if it's a little too quick-paced, especially the villain, they don't really establish that relationship enough for you to feel any kind of remorse towards the end of the game for really anyone involved, I would say. But without spoiling anything, especially the final moment, a little tear came to my eye. Good. That I don't think came to my eye in the first time, just because, uh, gosh, I want to spoil it, but I won't. So... I think Miles is a lot better story-wise than people are probably giving it credit for. I know a lot of the main complaint is that it's rushed, and I completely agree. But I think in the midst of that, you know, podcast on two times two speed, there's actually some pretty good story beats. Do you think they'll do into the Spider Verse um, kind of motif in the second one, or maybe even third? 
Because I know they're taking that route with the new Spider-Man movie, where they're having all the Spider-Man come together. Yeah, I guess I just don't want them to be too duplicative of what's going on on screen and as it relates to film and then what's also going on in the video game scene of things. Okay. But I, I also could overlap. see that happening. I mean, I could also see Peter dying in Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I could see that as well. And then in a future Spider-Man game, whether it's 3 or Miles Morales 2, you bring in the, the Spider-Verse and then maybe... Who knows what's going on? I mean, you could on. have like Gwen Stefani be the Spider Girl. Was it Gwen? Spider Gwen? Yeah. Gwen Stefani? Is Gwen, right? We don't have time for Hollaback Girls around here. <laughs> yeah, ain't no Hollaback Girl. Ain't no Hollaback. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure where they're going to take the future of the story, but I, I, I don't want to say I fully anticipate, but I think it's a safe assumption that Peter will probably die in Spider Man 2. Yeah, that's going to be a sad one. I'm excited. Yeah, not for his death. Coming 2021. But definitely to see how that comes together. I think it's probably safe to assume, too, that that's a 2022 game, potentially. Yeah, I think it's not going to be this year. It, it, I could see them building them all kind of simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, for, as far as the city goes, all they have to do is rip the assets from Miles Morales. I mean, that game is already job. breathtaking. I yeah. don't see them needing to build upon it in any significant way. I mean, it already feels so alive. The only additional thing as it relates to like kind of next-gen experiences is when you look in the windows, it's very rare you see any life going on in the buildings, which I wouldn't really anticipate. Anyways. I mean, the hard part is populating yeah. all of New York for hundreds of skyscrapers. Yeah, exactly. I don't really think it makes sense for them to do something like that. Plus, I think we have at least two, two and a half, potentially even three years with... Um, this cross-gen game situation going on where games are coming both to, you know, Xbox One and Series X and PlayStation 4 and PS5. And I think the pandemic has played into that even more just because the install base and the ability to get these consoles out to people that want them mm-hmm. is so low right now because of the shortage in parts. Yeah. That it's just going to prolong the situation where these games are coming to both platforms. So with that being said, I think they'll probably build Spider-Man 2 with that in mind. And I can fully see that being a fall 2022 game and it comes both to PS4 and PS5. Yeah, I could see it. I, I think as much as I want them to fully transition over to next gen, I, I get that I mean, with through the pandemic, people don't ha- have as much disposable income. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's good for the consumer base. But I mean, I don't want to set Cyberpunk 2077 as the standard of how not to do neck like last gen like yeah. how poorly it translates between the two sets of hardware yeah um so for me I, i'd rather have it just ps5 exclusive and have it have the ability to run perfectly but i don't know that's me being greedy yeah no i'm, I'm with you man uh, so outside of that, played a couple other games. I'm going to run through these really quickly here. I also got the Platinum in Star Wars Episode One Racer. Okay. I think that game holds up so well. The sense of pacing works just phenomenally well. And I think it's time for pod racing to come back in video game form. That in next gen would look beautiful. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, because we haven't gotten an F-Zero game in, gosh, I don't know how many years on the Nintendo platforms, I think pod racing is the next best thing for that sense of speed. I just don't know how they'd tie it in to be like, hey, you guys have been asking for this, or like, hey, we have to put this in a new Star Wars thing to make it come back, like into popularity. I don't think you need to do anything special to 
justify its return. I think you just say like, hey, we're we're building a next generation episode one racer game or a, a next generation pod racing video game. Okay. Yeah. And I'm here for it, Ryan. Are you here for it? I'm for sure here for <laughs> That'd it. That'd be so sweet. Uh, outside of that, I also went back. Do you, wait, would you ask them, okay. you know how like the Wii had like a steering wheel? Would you have them have like an exclusive buyable pod kind of like gear shifters? I don't know about like you, that. Like a connect I think thing? just off the cuff thinking about it, I think making sense of the DualSense controller and the 3D audio would be freaking amazing. Like, can you yeah. imagine pod racing or really even Gran Turismo 7? Like, I don't have any interest in playing those sim racers that are too lifelike to really uh, for me to get into them. But the 3D audio in that is probably going to be mind boggling. Yeah. Just to hear all of the the sounds of the cars around you, like literally three directionally or yeah, 3D or whatever. That and the Star Wars music playing in the background, like surround sound with the 3D audio as you're increasing your speed and you got that like shift yeah. in your pod. One, two, like, like all the noises of your pod. If the right side of your pod ends up going up in flames or whatever and you're trying to repair it, just a different level of intensity of the trigger when yeah. you're trying to repair it. Man, the DualSense controller is one of the most interesting pieces of tech going into next generation video games, and I just hope Sony continues to spam the hell out of it and use it as it is intended to be. Man, that could really make games so much more immersive and fun. I'm curious if uh, Microsoft's R&D is just ripping apart that thing and trying to duplicate it for their systems. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm hoping they do, because I really want Xbox to... Or Xbox owners and people who enjoy that system to get to enjoy the intent or the level of realism that it brings to games. I agree completely. I mean, it's just something that really has to be experienced to be believed. And if it is to be believed that Bethesda games moving forward are going to be exclusive, man, I don't want to play Avowed or Elder Scrolls Six or Starfield without that sense of uh, immersion with the dual sense. I mean, just imagine how awesome magic would feel. Oh my god! Like you're throwing a fireball, and as you're, I guess, forming a fireball in your hand, you get the trigger pushing down a little, like more resistance as you're kind of crushing fire. One, can you imagine after releasing the fireball, you get like a a sensation that rips through the controller, kind of similar to the beginning of Astro's Playroom when the logo kind of glistens over, and you get that feeling through the controller. Can you imagine every really time cool. you shoot a fireball, you get that sensation through your controller? That or like imagine dual wielding like flamethrowers or like, you know how you can do the fire spray or whatever in Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Imagine like the rumbling as you have the resistance of shooting fire out of your hands Man. or like imagine lightning. Imagine being Palpatine. Oh God, fuck. Dude, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. So, so. yeah, hopefully... Uh, Bethesda games aren't <laughs> exclusive if they don't uh, end up making Imagine, a Imagine like dual killing sense younglings and like the amount of resistance you get with your lightsaber. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Tugging on morality strings yeah. because, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Let's move on to happier things like Ty the Tasmanian Tiger. Yeah, that game's ridiculous. <laughs> this is definitely a product of its time. I was looking for uh, another 3D platformer. Big surprise to play uh, a couple of nights ago. And I settled on Ty the Tasmanian Tiger. It is a, I think, trilogy of games that came out beginning in 2002. They pumped these things out pretty quick. And this, of course, comes in an era of your Jack and Daxter's post-Spyro, Banjo-Kazooie era, also trying to fit in with the Sly Coopers of the world. And it definitely tries to be all of those games at once. And I don't think it does anything all too successfully. 
I think the the setting is great. You got to have all this all these Australian characters and accents going on, which definitely brings kind of a fun, dry humor. Uh, it makes for some funny laughs, you yeah. know. But I think it, the game's biggest problem is that the each of the worlds that you go into, of course, there's a hub world similar to Banjo Kazooie, but then you go into these smaller worlds, but they're actually not that small. No, they're massive. And I think that's, and in each level you have like six or seven different things that you have to collect. And similar to Banjo-Kazooie, they kind of give you the freedom to go about collecting all of these different things at your own leisure. And there's no real structured, linear fashion of doing any of that, unless you're following a guide and it's like, this is the best way to get through, get in and out of these levels fast. And I, so I think for that, it, it, it definitely isn't the uh, the most memorable platformer. There's a reason why when people look back at the PS2, GameCube, Xbox era, and they say, what are some of the best platformers ever? Tie the Tasmanian Tiger is more looked at as a hidden gem. You know, it's maybe a diamond in the rough that... Is pretty rough. Is pretty rough. (laughs) Yeah, it's not that great. Less diamond than rough. But I'm definitely going to play it to completion because I am having a good time. And uh, even if it's not, you know, you're going into these levels and you're in and out collecting everything, it's still a fun 3D platformer. Yeah. Another eBay stream game. Yeah, exactly. But then there were two other games that I ended up finishing this week. One of them was just a quick platinum cleanup. I went back and it was just killing me because Far Cry 3 Classic Edition, my favorite Far Cry game. If there was ever a game in the series I was going to get the platinum trophy for, it was going to be this one. I played it last spring and I left two trophies that I that I didn't end up getting. One of them was crafting a particular syringe. Okay. And you use syringes to inject yourself with healing medication or whatever else, you know, as you do in the Far Cry games. And then the final one was collecting 60 relics. So there's 120 of these items littered across the island, but it's not one of those things where you find it on the map and you can easily just go pick it up. When it's on the map, there's actually a hidden entrance to this cave or whatever it is, maybe 30 meters outside of the icon. Mm. So it really makes for this fetch questy collectathon exercise that wasn't something that I was interested in doing when I first played it after pumping 25 hours into it and finishing the game. Okay. So I'm like, oh, I'll come back to this later. And so Friday night, I'm like, you know what? Let's put on an old eBay Pete stream and let's just collect these things and do the cleanup necessary for the platinum. And once you got into a rhythm of it, it actually wasn't too bad. That's good. So ended up getting the platinum trophy, crafted the syringe. We're all good there. And uh, man, Far Cry 3 is so damn good. No, it's a good game for sure you need to go back and finish that game and for anyone that hasn't played a far cry game i talk this game i talk this series up quite a bit and i always sing its praises and if you're looking for a good entry point far cry 3 i think is the best place to start don't even bother with far cry 1 or predator or instinct or whatever came out on the wii or 2 for that matter because you're uh you have malaria and you constantly have to heal yourself or whatever far cry 3 is the best place to start and uh 4 is another good one too so far cry 3 good stuff the final game i played and I'll probably continue working on here, uh, maybe the rest of today, after I watch some football, is Telltale's Batman. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the Ice Age game. Oh, no. I'm, that's just platinum cleanup I'm working on oh, okay. behind the scenes. Yeah, I know. A fifth platinum that you're working on. <laughs> you know, the things I do for love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, Telltale's Batman, it's no secret that I'm a big fan of the Telltale games. Love The Walking Dead. Played through Game of Thrones, which was okay. And I also played through... The Wolf Among Us and Telltale's Batman is pretty good. I think it probably falls more into the Wolf Among Us camp than it does The Walking Dead because it's a little slower paced. 
Okay. A little slower burn. If you've played the Arkham City, Arkham Asylum, Batman games, you, you're familiar with the detective mode when you're going into these crime scenes and trying to figure out and piece together what happened. There's a lot of that going on. But then there's also this story kind of comes into Harvey Dent becoming Two-Face. So you're kind of supporting Harvey Dent's character uh, as it relates to funding. You're trying to get him to become the next mayor. And as you can anticipate, hell, all hell breaks loose at some point in the story. Harvey Dent becomes Two-Face, which is kind of what I've just gotten to. And now you're kind of uh, left with having to kind of deal with the aftermath of all of that. But I think it plays out really, really well. You have your QTEs. You have your tough dialogue choices as you do in the Telltale games. It's just a little bit more of a slower burn than something like Walking Dead. But certainly if you're a fan of the Batman games, that universe, the comics, the movies, the Arkham Asylum games, it's definitely pretty good. Nice. And I would definitely encourage anyone to pick up the Telltale games when you can and if you can. Certainly get on the Walking Dead Definitive Edition, the physical copy, and any of the other Telltale physical games that you can get. Just because... After they closed their doors and Skybound Games ended up finishing the Walking Dead series, a lot of those games either got pulled from all the digital storefronts and then the physical copies of those games really started to go up. Why'd they pull them? I think because Telltale losing the rights to a lot of those licenses, I assume because they closed. Yeah. For whatever reason, they pulled them from the digital storefronts. That's weird. But obviously the physical copies are still out there. So little PSA, if you have any inkling of interest in the Telltale games, whether it's The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, Wolf Among Us, Batman, I think there was a Guardians of the Galaxy game, I think even a Borderlands Telltale game, buy those physical copies while you still can and while they're still affordable. Okay. Well, all right. I think that is a wrap on the games that we've been playing recently, Ryan. Yeah. Let's get into the main topic. All right, Ryan. We are going to get into the supertheticals, the... Or no, the, the hypotheticals, the follow-up to Chuck Klosterman's superthetical. Are you ready for this? No, it's vice versa. It's superthetical's, not hypotheticals. You're right. You're right. I feel I feel like hyper is better than like a hyper potion's better than a super potion. Yeah, but we we live in reality and not the Pokemon <laughs> world. We can't. You are not wrong, Ryan. But what do you say? Let let's actually get into the thick of these cards here. So for those that don't know what Chuck Klosterman's superthetical's might be or even hypotheticals for that matter. There's actually a little instruction card here. So I'm going to read this just to kind of preface this discussion. Again, Ryan and I are only going to do 5 of these today. We got 50 in the pack. So definitely stuff that we can uh leverage for future episodes whenever we don't have a main topic of the show. Yeah. These would also probably be really fun to bring on a guest to talk through just to have a kind of a third yeah, person. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. All right. So what is this? This is a game where the object is to get a deeper understanding of other people and a deeper understanding of yourself. The only goal is the quality of the conversation. The more details you're willing to provide about yourself and the more honest you're willing to be, the more fun you will have, Ryan. That's terrifying. (laughs) Do you want to get to know the real Ryan? Oh, man. We're all here for it. an exclusive. Yeah. This is uh, Patreon Tier 3, the Ryan After Dark (laughs) session. My (laughs) OnlyFans. I'd pay for that. Yeah. How to play. The dealer selects a card at random and reads it to the player. The player will first be asked to imagine a person. Sometimes this will be a specific person. Sometimes this will be a hypothetical person. Once the player has imagined the person, the dealer reads the scenario on the other side of the card. The imagined person will be the central figure in a strange situation, which ends with a question. To play, the player describes the imagined person, answers the question, and explains their reasoning. 
Uh, a note about pronouns. Because the people imagined in this game can fall into any category of identity, the only personal pronouns used are they, them, and their. Let's see. All right, that's the that's that. This is interesting though because this is asking us to kind of come up with a fictitious character here. As but a, it's based on a real character. This a, is way different than the first one. Yeah. So we'll see how this all plays out. So this first card here, this person is a close platonic friend. Okay. For this first card, you got a person in mind? Yes. Do you want to share the person's name? Matt. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with you in this situation. Okay, then I'll I'll do you first. No, you know what? Forget about it. Let's actually do someone in our uh, Talker Brothers community. Okay. I call Blink. Hmm. I'll do Noland. All right, you're doing Nolan. This person has recently been released from a hospital where they were treated for a seemingly minor head injury. The only consequence of the injury is a rare form of localized amnesia. Oh. They do not recognize you. As far as they are concerned, you've never met and they know nothing about you. When they see a photograph of the two of you together, it feels to them as if they're looking at a picture they took with a stranger. And this problem seems to apply only to your specific relationship. They recognize everyone else in their life except you. But you, of course, still know everything about them. Do you attempt to rebuild this friendship? Why or why not? Hmm. Do I rebuild my friendship with Nolan? See, I, I'd probably approach him as an Xbox fanboy. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> and I'd, I'd be like a marketing kind of consultant. Oh yeah. And and slowly, I don't know, be like, oh, I, I found this small company called Sony, <laughs> and I, I don't know, they they've got these games. They're not used to what we're used to producing here at Microsoft, mm-hmm. but they seem like they have potential. Do you want to uh, come over to my place? We can light some candles, and uh, I'll whip out the uh, the old marketing books, and we can play some uh, platformers. Maybe this small character we just came up with called Spider-Man. Oh, wow. Yeah, or some dude who's a god of war. Oh, wow. That, that's At least I'm liking this. Yeah, and I guess we'll see where it goes from there. Um, but then from there, I'll uh, rekindle the bond that was broken by amnesia. I like that. You know, I think I would take a similar approach with Blink. You know, I'd sit him down. I'd, you know, I'd rub his back a little bit just to ease any kind of anxiety he might be feeling. Uh, at this point, maybe he didn't know that he loved coffee. You know, oh. so I'd get him a nice Americano, maybe a nice uh, blueberry scone or something like that. And I would just say, you know, Blink, there's these things called achievements in life. You know, some refer to them as college degrees. Some some refer to them as finding, you know, your significant other, just an achievement in life. But there are also these things called achievements in video games. And you can get those achievements on Xbox. It's a little platform video game box where you can play great games like Halo, Gears of War, Blinks the Time Sweeper. Blinks the Time Sweeper. Like, literally, there's actually a game named after him almost. And I, I really think it's an endeavor you'd love. You know, okay. and, you know, if you're staying with me, if you're keeping with me. And it's just this dopamine release in your brain that you really can't experience anywhere else in video games. Literally, you can't. There's no other video game platform that actually rewards you for your achievements in video games. And I'd set him down on this path of achievement gathering and achievement collecting, all the while I'm behind the scenes, (laughs) racking up all these platinum trophies, Blink doesn't even know the difference, and uh, I just further the gap of victory. 
so you're approaching him as a friend, though. Oh yeah, we're not good a, a bitter rival who is uh, having the gap quickly closed. Well, yeah, I would say you know we went on this you know lofty ambition of the first one to get a, me- a million achievement points. And I would say, but I recently had my Xbox account wiped, as did you, you know, just to kind of set the scene. And so he would be playing all these Xbox games, trying to get a million achievement points. And meanwhile, I'm over there with a million platinum trophies. It makes me question sitting next to you. I mean, you seem like a very good liar. (laughs) (laughs) This is a very quick lie. That's that's pretty convincing. Uh, Maybe it's something I've been thinking about for a while, you know? Okay, well, that's a good strategy. All right, you want to get to the next one here? Yeah, sure. All right. This next one says, this person is whichever of your parents you're less emotionally close with. But at the time in your life when that particular relationship was at its best. Imagine that, le- imagine that this level of closeness is happening at your current age. If the parent you select is deceased, imagine they're alive. Okay. This is setting the scene. This isn't even the card question yet. I really like this card, though. This yeah. is really interesting. And let me know, is this your mom or your dad? I don't know. I feel like you have a greater bond with your dad than your mom. That, that's what I'm thinking. I'll pick my mom. For and I would one. say the same for myself. Okay. But I also do remember, now think, now the scene is set. Think about a time in your life when you were really close with your mom. Okay. Not that you were necessarily more close with your mom at that yeah, time. Yeah, she's the worst now. Yeah, exactly. But no. Okay. Uh, the scene, this is like... Like Cub Scout era, like Boy Scouts. Okay, this is like fifth grade for me. We dropped my sister off at middle school at the time. We'd stop at the gas station. I'd get a Krispy Kreme donut with sprinkles and a lemon Propel juice that she would get her coffee and donut. And then we'd sit and play in the parking lot of elementary school. We'd play uh, war, like cards. (laughs) We'd go to war together. (laughs) Yeah, we'd go to the playground (laughs) and (laughs) reenact all kinds of crazy scenes. But, uh, But yeah, that's kind of the scene that's set for me. Okay. All right, so this card. It says, this parent, you take, this parent takes you aside for a private dialogue and says, I have to tell you something I've never told you before. It's something important about me, but it's really more about you. Oh, no. These words are delivered in a neutral manner. There are no clear signals that this information is good or bad. The conversation is then interrupted, and you will need to wait at least five minutes before it can resume. What do you anticipate they're going to tell you? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe that I'm adopted. Whoa. Uh, I mean, I was a blonde kid, and my parents both have dark hair. Um, and I had blue eyes as a kid. Um, I didn't really look like either of my parents. So maybe that I was like... I, fuck, it's not the Milkman era, but maybe like a... Maybe I was like conceived in a Petri dish. <laughs> like I was an experiment. Because... My parents, they, uh, I was like a model in like a little kid's clothing magazine. Oh, were you really? Yeah. And then I think Lauren was part of like experiments for drugs. What? Yeah. Like we had to like drive down to Tennessee because she was like a part of some like drug experiment. And I, I don't got, know if you're like being facetious right now. No, or... that's like a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> like I, do you want to elaborate on the truth of it? Like there had to be a more meaningful thing behind this as opposed I, I to I think like... she had arthritis or some. No, no, no. It was, it was part of a... I know she had arthritis, so she had some steroids, but I think we were part of, like, tracking kids through development at certain stages. So oh, okay. we'd go down... We were born in Tennessee, so they would track us maybe every other year. Um, I don't know when we stopped going, but 
yeah, it, it was kind of just tracking kids for research. So there's probably some key like attributes, whether it's height, weight, whether it's developmental yeah. things that they were just taking statistics on. Yeah, and I one of my greatest regrets was they they're like, hey, you want so, like a toy because we got down there and we need to be entertained, and it was I got to pick between it was like glow in the dark dinosaurs and like a Pikachu and a Pokeball, mm. and I picked dinosaurs, and I really. Since then, I've always regretted not getting the Pikachu. But, yeah, probably that I'm adopted. I don't know. That's probably where I'm going. Okay. Yeah, I think it would actually be the news that, hey, you know, it was the Christmas of 2003. My mom didn't have the most lucrative of professions. She is, uh, even to this day, she's a hairdresser. We've talked about this in the podcast before. And she just didn't have the money, you know, to come together. But she also didn't really have the wherewithal in her to keep the secret from me that she actually uh, somehow made a like a deal with the devil or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, because she, yeah. she she loved her kids so much that, you know, this was the year that we got Jasmine or Ferret. That was kind of like a group gift for my sister and I, but probably more for my sister because she was kind of like Dr. Doolittle growing up. So what is the consequences of that deal? Like you got what you wanted, but what does she have to give up in that deal? Our relationship isn't as close as it is with my dad like in later in life. Oh, okay. We're still close. We still love each other. She lives five minutes from us. So, But it's just one of those things that you know later on in life, I'm going to be closer for, with my father for whatever so reason. So to become closer now, you give up being closer later? Yeah, I think so. Wow, that's a harsh punishment. Yeah. but what a devilish deal. <laughs> but then magically, my mom gets a fat PlayStation 2, two controllers, and a brand new copy of Lord of the Rings Return of the King to give her son for Christmas that year. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was more about her, the deal she had to make, but it was also about me because it gives up a closer relationship moving on or moving forward so that Rusty can have Return of the King and pretend he's Aragorn for 10 hours. No, I, I think your uh, your relationship with the character Aragorn has really shaped you. <laughs> yeah. it, it probably spawned from that gift. I mean, the embodiment of that mentality of a sealed doors heir. I've definitely blossomed into the man I am today because of Vigo Mortensen. Yeah. I think so too. He was definitely a part of my formative years and I wouldn't be the man I am today without him. Yeah. No, I completely agree. So Vigo, you know, if you're out there listening, I know you are, buddy. Why don't you just, you know, give us a nice call. Shoot Vigo's us probably my father. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I could see I, So that, I mean, that's why we get along so well. And that's, I mean, being adopted. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. What do you say we get into the next card? All right. Let's do it. This person, Ryan, is smaller, weaker, and less intelligent than you. Why do they have to call me out like that? Yeah, rusty. All right, let's do it. <laughs> wow, this is literally like, this is insane. Let me read the rest of this okay. card. This person is smaller, weaker, and less intelligent than you. Prone to panic and extremely talkative. Fuck. Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... Prone to panic, like that's that's kind of me in some situations. Extremely talkative. I talk way too much. Yeah, you're very extroverted. Yeah, and you panic. Yeah. Okay, I'm going off of you. Let's see what happens. This person is smaller, weaker, and less intelligent than you. I don't know if I'd say you're less intelligent than me, but well, for the sake of this, you're dumb. I, yeah. Well, first of all, I think you're a lot. We know a lot more about different things. I think is the thing here. Yeah, like you like know a lot about old, history and old science. School YouTube. Oh, you. <laughs> yeah, I'll take you to school as it relates to Pete Accounting, Door Trivia. Accounting, all right? fucking know nothing about it. I'll take you to school with some Pete Door Trivia. Uh, yeah, eBay I, prices, 
Hell if I know those. Yeah. I don't really know if I have a person in mind here, but let's just go ahead and read the card. Okay. All right. Holy moly, this is a lot of text. You take a luxury cruise. You know what? We're just going to, for the sake of this conversation. We, we took a luxury cruise. Let's do this. For the sake of this conversation, we're going to just call uh, this card's Nintai for me. Okay. You know, in the the dragon. Yeah, exactly. You take a luxury cruise, and the cruise ship sinks. You find yourself alone on a lifeboat with this person. Well, fuck, I can just fly away. <laughs> These are enough supply. There's enough supplies on the boat for one person to survive eight days or for two people to survive four days. There is, however, another option. You see an unoccupied lifeboat within swimming distance, and you're a strong swimmer. One can assume that the available rations on the second raft are the same as the rations on the boat you currently inhabit. These lifeboats, however, have no oars or motors. They will drift at the will of the ocean. So it will be impossible for the two lifeboats to stay in contact with each other. It would also be extremely difficult, and perhaps even dangerous, to attempt transferring supplies between the two boats because of the way the supplies are packaged. Okay. There is reason to believe the survivors of the wreck will all be rescued within the next 48 to 72 hours, but that's not guaranteed. The imagined person begs you to stay with them in the original boat. What do you do? And just as a reminder, Ryan, there are enough supplies on the boat you currently inhabit for one person (coughs) to survive eight days or two people to survive four days. And our rescue time is two days to three days. That's right. But not guaranteed. That's a hard one. Um, you want me to kick it off? Yeah. I think for me, I'm erring on the side of caution here because I like my chances of being survived in two to three days and having four to, four days worth of supplies. And I'd much rather die with a friend than sit on a life raft as I slowly drift apart from my friend, dying alone in, in the beating hot sun. Yeah, I mean, I personally prefer not to die. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I don't know. So, like, say you're going to panic, but we're potentially both rescued. Like, I could see us rekindling, be like, hey, man, like, I wanted to make sure that we both had the best chance of, like, getting off the ship. I know it was traumatic, and you'll probably, I can help for, afford your therapy, but, like, if we both better our chances of surviving with that extra window of security in our rations, mm-hmm. I think long term it would be for the best. It would just, we'd have to make the sac, or I'd have to make the sacrifice that you most likely would have some level of trauma coming out of it, seeing that one, you enjoy talking. Mm-hmm. So who are you going to talk to? And plus, Myself. you're alone on a ship. Yeah, so you, you'll probably gain a second personality, Wilson. Likely. And you'll, you'll probably have some level of uh, resentment towards me. These are Maybe all very... the Otaku Brothers podcast wouldn't continue. Probably not. Who knows? But yeah, I'd probably jump ship for the sake of... Make the hard choice and try to save you. I think you'd be more concerned about saving yourself in this situation, but you know what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I buy it. You know, it's okay. I was thinking of both of us. Okay. I'd rather see us both live and both have to endure potentially eight days and have a safety net opposed to cutting 40 years of life short. All right. Well, Nintai, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm playing the odds. You have to stick with me and my talkative self. (laughs) 
for four days. All right, buddy. You yeah. know, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, a little chopper or a ship comes up and, and notices us, and we get saved. All right, sounds all right. good. All right, Ryan, let's get into this next one. So, we got two more here. All right. Yes. This person is a friend, but not your best friend. All right. There's someone with whom you have communicated at least three times within the last three months. Okay. All right. Uh, you got a friend in mind? Yeah. Is that the full description? Yeah, that's it. I'm thinking Rick. Rick. Okay. This is your buddy that got you into shiny Pokemon collecting, got you really in the thick of Monster Hunter, and, and recently got you into Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy X. Yeah. All right. Octopath. And uh, I, I'm going to pick on uh, our good friend ChronoLink91. Alec. Okay. All right, Alec. This is, uh, you're my friend in this situation. In only this situation. I'm kidding. <laughs> this person calls you on the phone. The tone of their voice immediately tells you that something is wrong. They say, I need your advice. I did something very bad, but I can't tell you what I did because doing so would put you in a terrible moral position. I've always considered you a rational person, and I think you can still help me without knowing the details. I regret what I did. I was It was a huge mistake. Nobody knows about it except me. And if I do anything, there's only a 5% chance it will ever be discovered. What is that? If I do nothing, there will be only be a 5% chance it will ever be discovered. It will always bother me and I always hate myself for what I did. But the problem will likely remain my own. I could, however, go back and try to fix it. But if I do that there's a 95% chance that others' lives will be damaged. Certainly mine, but many others, including the lives of several people you know. You attempt to get more information about what has happened, but they refuse to give it to you. You inform them that you can't really give practical, practical advice about a problem you don't understand. They begin sobbing hysterically and beg for guidance. They insist that you are the only person they will listen to, and you need to tell them something. What do you tell them, Ryan? What do you tell Rick in this situation? So I tell them to, uh, so the options are, there's a 5% chance that people learn of what they do if they don't do anything, correct? Yeah, so if they just sit stagnant, complacent, don't tell anyone, don't do anything about it, there's a 5% chance that someone's going to uncover and discover this buried truth about yourself. Whether you committed a heinous crime Whatever it is, we don't really know, right? Because okay. that's, that's the, the, the card here. Uh, but if you go back and try and change it, or if you in any way alter the situation that ended up taking place, there's a 95% chance that it all comes floating back and everyone mm-hmm. finds out. I'm going to play the odds and go with the 5%, not do anything. So do you're going to instruct Rick to say, listen, I don't know what it is, but go get a therapist or something. Yeah, and... Uh, played off as like nothing happened. Um, learn how to deal with it and cope with the destruction or whatever you caused, and move on. And if someone finds out, then it's the will of the force. I think so. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that quite a bit because, I mean, to the point of the card, it's really difficult to give someone practical advice about a seemingly horrible problem that you know nothing about. I mean, this could be as simple as like I stole you know, a couple things of merchandise at GameStop or like I literally murdered my father. Well, I'm so like my hypothetical, like heinous crime that he did is uh, Rick just had COVID. Mm. Um, So I'm thinking that he um, knowingly having COVID went into his workplace. Uh, He's a prison guard. 
and uh, sp- uh, COVID spread around the prison that he works at, um, killing few inmates mm-hmm. um, b- by lying on his tests. So, I mean, for that, I, I would say you lie and uh, or just go on with your life. And if 5%, um, if you lose to the odds, then you deal with it then. Yeah, I, I would take a similar approach, I think, just kind of saying that, listen, I'm your friend, I'm here for you, I'm here to support you in any way I can emotionally, but because I don't know anything, I say we play the odds, you let this go, you seek the help you need, whether it's therapy or whatever else, mm-hmm. as long as it's healthy, of course, and within the, the realm of uh, legal law, and uh, we move forward from there. Yeah. I'm not looking to uh, unearth some crazy crime thing and try and reverse history. So what crime did Chrono commit? In your mind, I think he actually never played Final Fantasy 13, and he just wow chalks it up as being one of the best games ever. And he never actually had any kind of love or affinity for those characters in the story. And he's just been living a lie for the past, you know, eleven years. Dude, I, I fucking had respect for that man. I, and dude, I know. Like, right? how are we supposed to see him in a couple weeks? I and like, I can't look him in the eyes. I'm with you. I mean, fuck, I've even played Final Fantasy 13. I know. I know. And now it's out in the open, right? I mean, everyone that listens to this podcast... Yeah, I mean, like, literally everything we're saying here is truth. I know. Like <laughs> Facts. Yep. So We tell nothing but the truth here. So Zach, I mean, you might need to look for a new partner. That's what I'm saying. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to shoot Zach a text here after we wrap recording. So Yeah, smart. Rip chrono. All right, Ryan, what do you say we get into this next one? Yes. All right, this is the first person who ever told you that they loved you in a romantic context. So this is not a parent... This is not any kind of platonic situation. This is like, I want you, Ryan. Fuck. Okay. All right. You got this person in mind? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember the first person you... Okay. I think I know. Is this like Beelzebub or whatever the heck her name was? Beelzebub? <laughs> is it like the devil? I think so. <laughs> yes, the devil. When she uh, she said she loved me. No, this is like, uh, we've talked about this person before, I think. You told me a couple stories about this person. No, I think this person was Amanda. Oh, okay. All right. It doesn't matter if you did or did not reciprocate that sentiment, right? Okay. And then there's like some really small print. If no one has ever directly lo- told you this, just, <laughs> just know that Chuck loves you. Is that really what it is? That would be so sad. No, it doesn't say that. Okay. It says, if no one has ever directly told you this, imagine a person from your past who you suspect may have felt this way. Okay. Even if they never told you directly. This is actually Lauren, because she's the only person I've really dated. So, She's the only one who loves me. <laughs> yeah, she's the only person that actually uh, has told me that. You receive an email from this person. They explain that despite their best efforts, they have never gotten over the relationship that they had with you. No one else in their life suspects this, and they have told no one else, but the obsession continues to consume them. It affects everything about their existence with a tenacity that almost resembles a mental illness, mm. and they have only one request, request, to meet you for 60 minutes at a place of your choosing so that you can explain to them why you are not worth it. They need you to convince them that you are not worth loving. How do you Fuck. respond to this request? So basically, I have to respond to an email to my wife, yeah. meet her at an undisclosed location of my choosing, and explain to her why we need to get divorced. That's basically the situation I'm reading into here. Shit. You go first. I'm trying to think. 
So I have a newfound love in platinum trophies, Lauren. All right. And it's really just taken over my life. Mm. So much so that, you know, it is impossible for me to think of a reality where Blink ever surpasses me. And it's crippled my ability to have any kind of professional career. It's crippled my ability to love anything else other than seeing that platinum trophy pop in the video games that I play. So where would you take her to tell her this news of your uh, crippling addiction to trophies? Mm, probably the international store of Sony. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know, after you break in, <laughs> just to set the scene. You know, hopefully they have like an Astro's playroom chair that she can sit in. Mm. They have like Jack and Daxter martinis. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and little uh, little cups or goblets that are in the shape of a platinum trophy. And I just lay it on the line, Ryan. I just lay yeah. out the truth. This is how it's got to be. And um, I don't know what to tell you, girl, but this just isn't going to work out because I love trophies. Okay. I, I think that would work. How do you think Lauren responds to this? And tell her you're not a dog person. I, I think that would work. Be like, I purely like gerbils. <laughs> 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 gerbils are nothing else. Like... Even ferrets or rats, like just the more smell and the musk that the the pets create, like, yeah. I never even wanted Scoob. Dude, I hate the cartoon Scooby Doo. <laughs> like, Velma's the worst. Like, no, I can't even say that on good conscience. Scooby's right. my life. All right. Okay. How do you think Lauren responds to that? Though that's the better question. I knew you were a dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I don't know. I'd be like, she'd be like, you know what? I was always an Xbox fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of Xbox games she's played. I don't know. There's a lot of things that she could say. I'm trying to think of non-hurtful things that she could say. I've never liked video games. Mm, yeah, that'll be that. I, I really hate the Foo Fighters. That cuts deep. Yeah. Like Queen... I can't say that one. I only like King. <laughs> Queen's offshoot of a sh- another band. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, Lindsay Sterling, I, I wish she would break her fingers Jeez. so she couldn't play violin ever again. A lot of deep cuts for me. Yeah. A lot of deep cuts. I mean, I don't know why anyone would say they don't like the Foo Fighters. That's just, come on now. It shows what type of person she is. And it's probably all those chemical experiments that were done to her as a kid. (laughs) Probably, man. (laughs) Affected her mind. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So. Long road to ruin. All right. So what are you going with here? What's what's Amanda got to say? Or what do you got to say to Amanda? Uh, So I'd probably take her to the the YMCA to uh, eat vending machine food mm, that's romantic um, around us yeah really romantic what kind of stuff are you getting out of the machine though you popping quarters and just getting like little sticks of gum you getting some mentos you getting some cheetos i, I want to say she's allergic to nuts oh okay if I'm remembering planters so i purely get her snickers bars which oh. are my favorite wow okay um We're so dark here yeah death do us part right that's what they say yeah and, and it, i mean she's a teacher now um around us so I would probably say that I, I really think that the teachers get paid too much and are overrated. Whoa. Yeah. You're I, really going dark here. I am. Yeah. I, I think that our school system just is too good to teachers and that they should just live in the basement 
of all of the schools around us. So a man at this point is just sobbing hysterically. Yeah, and then if if that doesn't work, and it should, I I would uh, I'd point to the pool and be like, I never like swimming. Yikes. Yeah, I think water should never have been invented. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my only hope for you is that you never have to drink water again. Because you would and, die in three days. <laughs> yeah, you have three three days to live. Now, to set, so for context, I'm assuming Amanda's a school teacher? Yeah, she, she is now. Um, we, um, I th- we met in like the eighth grade. And she's the reason I picked up swimming. Oh, okay. Was because I wanted to uh, impress her. What, no, I I picked up wrestling to cut weight, mm-hmm. um, and then I got a concussion from my coach, and then I picked up swimming because she was part of swimming. So I got to uh, romp romp around in a a speedo and swim with her, and we had three hour practices every day for like two years straight. Mm, okay. We, so we spent a lot of time together. But yeah, so I mean, hating swimming, hating teachers, I, I think those are two big things. Um, yeah, those were cut deep. Wow. What an interesting discussion. Those five cards <laughs> yeah. were really good. I actually almost like this more. Really? Because I like the challenge of having to really think on your feet with these ones. Like, I feel like the other ones, you had to be quick, mm-hmm. kind of quick witted with the, the discussions of like, okay, you find yourself in a apartment where... Shaq is in your shower. How do you respond to this situation? This is like, think of someone that's actually really close to you. And then how yeah, do you like have... You, which parent do you, you not love less, but you are less close with? It's like, fuck. It, <laughs> yeah, really, it makes you think of like, okay, let's actually set this scene. But then also like, what do I do in this situation? So I really love these cards. We only did five today. I'm looking forward to getting into more moving forward. Hopefully some of you got uh, any kind of inkling of enjoyment out of these discussions. Learn more about Ryan and I. And I think the ultimate hope, Ryan, is that they learn more about themselves. Yes, that's important. And what we would do to our viewers, Nolan, Blink, Chrono, Nintai. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good fun to bring some of them into the discussion here. But Ryan, that's a wrap. We have a short episode today. We just wanted to talk about the things that have been going on the past week, how great Fast and the Furious is, some of the games that we've been playing, and then getting into the Superthetical's Chuck Klosterman's follow up to hypotheticals. Dude, I really want to do more. Me too. We, we should. <laughs> Me too. But uh, we got a lot to get to today. I know I have to prepare some stuff for the work week and I also want to watch some football here in the near term. So you okay if we cap it off here, Ryan? Yeah, I, I, I'm using this podcast to procrastinate from Blitzball, but <laughs> I guess it's it's coming around and I just have to deal with it. So. The sacrifices we have to make, yes. right? But uh, as we end the show here, I want to start something. Uh, hopefully, we'll continue doing this moving forward. Another call out to the listeners. If you're enjoying the show, Ryan and I don't ask a lot. You know, we just kind of record the show and just put it in your ears, you know, just uploading it and everything like that. The only thing we ask in return is to go to your uh, whatever platform you're listening to the show, review us, give us five stars or whatever you think we're deserving of, and write us a short, sweet little review just like some of our listeners already have and each week ryan as long as we still have reviews to pull from i'm gonna go ahead and read the review that the person said give them a little shout out give them some love just as they gave us some love okay all right so sean masta also shamborski i imagine sean master is probably like his sean masta at a 
IM.com back in the day. Yeah, or Master Chief. Like he's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 343 or uh, what's Spartan 127 or whatever the heck yeah. Master Chief's numbers are. I don't remember. Uh, but 007. Sean, but Sean says, being someone born in 1992 who played video games nonstop growing up, this podcast is right up my alley. Hearing Rusty and Ryan talk through the games I grew up with, as well as some newer games, brought back so many fond and nostalgic memories. Rusty and Ryan seem like two very down-to-earth guys that you'd want to just kick back and play some video games with. Glad to see a podcast like this available, and he titled the review, A Nostalgic Journey Through Video Games. So, if you want to have your voice heard, if you want to get us, uh, or get a little shout-out on the show... Please consider going to iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to the show. Give us a review, title it whatever you want, write a few words about why you enjoy the show. It helps get more people to listen to the show, and Ryan and I would definitely very much appreciate it. Yeah. So next week we'll we'll read more reviews. But uh, yeah, that's a wrap. That's a uh, a close to the show. Thank you everyone so much for listening to the podcast. If you're not in our Discord, please absolutely click that link in the show notes. Hop in there. Always fun discussion going on. We have a great little community just hanging out, chilling, talking about a whole assortment of things, whether it's video games, great music, the happenings in the sports world, among many other things. And one final thing, Ryan, that's important to be in the Discord for, we are actually having a community game night next Saturday, June 30th, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we will be playing Halo 3 with the community. We have a voice channel in there, so we're going to hop in there, chat with one another, have some fun back and forth banter about whatever's going on, whether we're playing Slayer or many of the other uh, things that you can do in Halo. It's been about a decade since I've played Halo Online, so yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. And if you want to write into the show, you can absolutely do that too. If you have a topic of discussion, you have a question for us, you have an audio question, send that to otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And as I always do on the Otaku Brothers podcast, as we wrap things up, I toss things over to my co-host, Ryan. Ryan, do you have any parting words for our listeners this week? Yeah, just have a good week. And um, if you have any tips or tricks for me for Final Fantasy X, um, like how to fill out the sphere grid, sphere grid, um, just let me know because I it's my first Final Fantasy and I'm clueless. <laughs> so appreciate any help. All right. Well, we will see you back next week. Maybe for more super theticals. We don't know. We'll figure it out. But we'll definitely be back with another episode of Otaku Brothers next week. Yep. See you.